Hey there, fans of the Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Galaxy's Edge is coming together, guys. It is coming together hardcore, and we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight around that because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, January 4th, 2019. 2019. Happy New Year, everyone. Episode 78. Where has the time gone? Oh, man. I can't believe it. It, it was 2016 when we started this here little show, and uh, almost 80 episodes <laughs> later... We are still rolling with it. Nico uh, was still in high school when we started this show. <laughs> it's been it's been eight years since I graduated. Uh, anyway, we we are happy to be with you this weekend and tonight. Uh, welcome in four fifths of the hive are joining in tonight, and we are going to start it off as we always do with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie B, first of all, how are you, boy? I am doing well. You? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? I am doing very well. Happy New Year. I hope everybody made it through the holiday season. I hope everybody took advantage of the Steam sale and bought Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic because it was only like $3 oh. or something like that during Crap. the sale. So Is that still for I hope sale? You got that. Is that still on sale? No, the sale ended on the third. Oh, so um, if you're, if it is not the third where you are, not after the third where you are right now, maybe mm. you can still check it out. You know, maybe I can use the money we make from the show to buy that. Don't... You can, you can like seriously buy it on your iPad for like five bucks. So oh, wow! If you okay. haven't bought it on your iPad yet, all right, I... sale or not, you can still get it. But I've got to do that. I'm also here celebrating a birthday, guys. Celebrating a birthday oh. is what I am. My own birthday, goddammit. I'm wishing myself a happy birthday, along with Diane Cannon, mm. Laker superfan, along with the late Vanity of Vanity 6, NFL legend Don Shula, REM singer Michael Stipe, and me, motherfuckers. <laughs> wow. My well, happy Michael birthday Stipe to... Diane... <laughs> Michael Stipe and Diane Cannon are still alive? Uh yeah, I, okay. I I I I I am kind of surprised at Diane Cannon, but Michael Stipe's not that old. Well, uh, Diane Cannon still looks fantastic. Are you kidding me? For a ninety-year-old, sure. Yeah, my God, I hope I look that good at ninety. <laughs> I'll probably have boobs that big at ninety. Because <laughs> uh, you don't know. Definitely not on the show today is uh, a guy you know and love. Scott! 
Ivansky is driving at this very moment, driving back from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Cannot be on the show tonight. Scott, we miss you, man. Happy New Year. I hope he had a fantastic road trip, and I'm kind of bummed we didn't get a, a Wretched Hive on the road, a Wretched yeah. Hive road segment. Well, you I'm never really know. Kind of he has been known to make late appearances when he travels. He might walk in here around midnight and say, hey, what's up? He's like the fucking Babadook. We will you're, see. You're, um, you're, you're going to come out tomorrow morning, and Scott's going to be asleep in your garage with his arm around a porg. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. The pork might be cheap. Well, that's okay. She can cheat. Bottle, on uh, 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 an empty bottle of Jameson's just on the floor next to them. <laughs> we have an open relationship. It's fine. Uh, well, definitely on the show tonight, he's the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. Hi, guys. Hey, man. Hi. Welcome in, buddy. How are you? I'm well. I'm uh, getting over a sickness that Dave mm. so graciously gifted me on Christmas. Mm. That's what Thank you get you. for making out with me, buddy. No, no tongues next time, you two. Mm. It was on a Tuesday. <laughs> 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 I don't. Just leave that there. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. No further comment necessary. And finally. Well, this guy think he's an Indian? <laughs> we have. Was he a goddamn asshole? What the fuck is he doing? Dave! Now he's Johnny Hammersticks. Under. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances. What the hell's he doing? Should you ever. Think she's got it going, bossing over. And I mean. Oh, I'm king of the trees. I'm the tree meister. <laughs> Emma! I think she's captain tying knots. When everyone needs some knots tied, they go to him. Bullshit. <laughs> Call... <laughs> Call him. Who's this guy? Mr. Balloons. Harry. <laughs> Mr. Walk Down Me. I'm the walkway. <laughs> Potter. What is this, seahorse captain? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, just I'm gonna peel the curtains back for a second. We never practice, and I we never know what's coming with that. And every, uh, I don't know, you you never cease to amaze me, Greg. Well done, sir. I don't the know what the hell that was. That shit, I don't know. I don't know what that was, but uh, <laughs> it made me laugh. Well done, sir. I just shared the link to the full video. In okay. The Slack. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll, right. we'll put that on our thread. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, tw- twenty nineteen is is starting off right where twenty eighteen <laughs> left off. Then that that's fantastic. Uh, thank you to my favorite rebel scum, Steve Baldwin. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Thank you to the birthday boy, Gregory Lent. Hmm. Nico, I'm sorry I got you sick, but uh, hey, it was a Tuesday, so as long as it was good for you, too. <laughs> and to everybody listening at home, wherever, whenever, however you're listening, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you. We are only 4 by 4 here tonight, but that's okay. We'll somehow muddle through without uh, Mr. Mr. Ivansky and his uh, Jameson-fueled, uh, let me jump in here for a second moments. But I realized something that I had either not known or I had forgotten that I knew. But there was there was a teaser trailer for Return of the Jedi that came out in '82, mm. and it had Luke Skywalker with a blue lightsaber, not a green lightsaber. That was a decision that was made in post production. 
I know, shocker, Arnold George Lucas produced movie. They changed something in post production, but I, I just, that had never worked for me that that was a real thing. And going back and finding that footage and watching it, that was very, that was a very weird moment to be like, oh my god, they made a decision, and it was an artistic one, and it kind of opened up this whole thing of what is the significance of the color of the Jedi blades. Hmm. And it was basically because the blue lightsaber didn't look cool against the blue sky of Tatooine. Wow. Uh, I, oh. think you're, I think you're talking about this right here. The next chapter in the Star Wars saga, Return of the Jedi. That's so good. I, lo- I love looking at the old trailers. Like the original teaser trailers are such a trip. They're so great. It, well, very... it's such a different different marketing philosophy from how things are done today. And Greg, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, oh that's God. totally okay. I was going to say the the original Star Wars trailer from 77 is just such a weird it, – it's really <laughs> oh. such a weird trailer. It's really kind of strange. It really is. Yeah. You, you owe it to yourself. If you haven't done it, just just uh, go on YouTube. We'll, we'll put this link in the show notes as well. Uh Return of the Jedi original teaser trailer parentheses 1982 and you got to check this out it's good stuff and it's a total spoiler that Han Solo is out of carbonite for the movie I mean how upset would people be today if that was if that was the case a year and a half in advance I mean we didn't even know the title of the latest Avengers movie until about six weeks ago and (laughs) nobody knows anything about what's going to happen in it still at this point well, and it's like a global event when they when you know Kevin Feige walks on stage somewhere and announces the title of the next film. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, very good stuff. Good stuff. Well, if you've ever muddled through anything with Scotty Vansky, give us a call. Let us know how that went. That's uh, the Wretched Hive Hotline is five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five Hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive. You, sir, are goddamn right. You can also find us online at www.thewretchedhive.net. Look us up on Facebook, although I don't recommend it. Facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. Uh You can also email the show, show at thewretchedhive.net. We also have an app on the Apple App Store. Search up wretched or the wretched app on the apple app store and you will find us there you can also find the show on google podcasts on stitcher but of course apple Podcasts is the way to go if you have an iphone guys about 75 percent of our listeners download the show through their iphone and so we we really really appreciate those of you that have taken a few minutes to leave us a review on apple Podcasts. it really helps our rankings when you search for star wars show on uh, Apple Podcast, the more reviews you have, the better you do in terms of uh, search results. So give us a quick review. Uh, those five stars reviews are great. We really appreciate those, but we really honestly want to hear what you truly think of the show. So give us your honest feedback, and we always want to get better. So, uh, And we can't do that unless we know really what you're thinking. So uh, leave us a review. We are happy to uh, connect with you online through Apple Podcasts or any other way. Now, before we get into the show uh, proper here, I have to a quick announcement. This is big, guys. We've got a big event. We've got a remote event coming up this Sunday, January 6th, 
at Timeless Pints Brewery in Lakewood, California. Beautiful Lakewood, California. Uh, the Wretched Hive Podcast, we will be recording a show live at Timeless Pints in Lakewood from 3 to 4 p.m. And then following, this is the part that I'm really excited about, following our show, we've got good friend of the show, Sammy Burke, is in a band called the John McCloy Band. Uh, they are amazing. They've been in the studio. They've got an album or two. And they are playing live at Timeless Pints from 4 to 6 p.m. So come and check us out at 3. Stay for the music from 4 to 6. Uh, there is a sushi truck there called Ceviche Shop. who will be there serving up uh, good food there. From uh, I think they're there, I think at 2, like 2 to 7. Dave's going to uh, be first in line for that. And oh, you, can, yeah. you can go to Timeless Pints. <laughs> you, you can go to TimelessPints.com for more information. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Now, you're not a fan of the sushi, huh, Dave? I'm not a big fan of the sushi, no. Well, the good news is at Timeless Pints, there's a great Italian restaurant nearby that delivers. So we can order a couple of pizzas, some pasta, and get you whatever you want, man. And you can they bring... also serve beer, don't they? They do serve beer. The are best. Are you good. are you kidding me? The best beer in Lakewood, California, is at Timeless Pints. Best beer in Southern that? California. Now I'm sure the sushi is delicious. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on the sushi because I do happen to love sushi, and I will probably get something from the sushi truck because yeah, I'm I'm a fan. However, they have that other truck that's been there. Like every time I've been there, it's got the bomb ass tater tots though. Oh my god, those tater tots. Yeah. We, need, we need to give them a I, plug. They, that that truck is awesome. I, I don't know the name, but they are fantastic. You should. I seriously want to get a food truck now and call it Bomb Ass Tater Tots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, B-A-T. My. B-A-T. Bomb Ass Tater Tots. All right, guys. Well, uh, we hope to see you all. The, the entire hive will be there, by the way, on Sunday the 6th at Timeless Pints. Be there or else you're going to miss a good time. So come on down. Best beer in Southern California. And uh, it's going to be a good time. Come and join us. Sweet. All yeah, right. Square. Let's get in the news, guys. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, for being in between... Star Wars film releases, as was chronicled on this here show. We did not have a December film release for the first time in a while, but being that it's 12 months away from the next Star Wars movie, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff happening. And uh, the first thing I want to get to is this Star Wars Galaxy's Edge behind the scenes at Disneyland Resort. Uh, this is on YouTube. We'll put the link in our show notes. All the stories we cover, by the way, are always in our show notes. Go online, thewretchedhive.net. You can look them up. And uh, But this video is, is really impressive. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is coming together. And uh, in this clip, I've isolated a little bit of it. Uh, represent Disney representative Scott Truebridge and Carrie Beck walk us through... Galaxy's Edge, check this out. I hope 
that when people come to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and they experience it for the first time, that this place they're walking through and the characters they're seeing and the beasts and aliens and droids puts them in a position where they give themselves over to the moment, to the story, and play with us in the world of Star Wars. It will be jaw-dropping and incredibly emotional to walk into the land for the first time, to actually be standing there amongst the buildings, amongst the ships, and have this feeling that it is all real, that has been brought to life, and it is right there in front of you. It's overwhelming. So there's a clip here later in this video, guys, that shows families walking underneath and walking towards, and you know, the classic Disney, like the kids skipping, he's so excited, skipping towards the Millennium Falcon. It looks, it, it's just it's off the hook. It's just going to be so incredible. And it's already looking just incredible. I, I That's incredible is the only word. It sounds like a very Scott thing to say for me to keep saying incredible, but it, that's the only thing that comes to mind. It just looks so realistic. They've done such a great job rendering the Falcon. I cannot be more excited for this. It's it just looks yeah, amazing. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. What, what the hell? What the hell is that? <laughs> So, <laughs> so you know, good. we really, so we really need to record, we release the show as a video podcast one of these days because the the trials and tribulations of Nico Rodriguez on the show, <laughs> something is always falling and breaking, and and uh, we just took a stage dive off of his monitor as his as his camera fell. I don't <laughs> see. To be fair, though, for you know, in my own defense, I don't normally do video. The true. So I'm true, trying true. out this whole video thing, and I have two devices going right now. I have the audio is coming through my phone and Bluetooth headphones, and I'm trying <laughs> to deal with that connection. And then I have the videos coming out of my Xbox with the Kinect camera, but I don't have a mount for that. So it's precariously balanced <laughs> on top of my flat screen monitor. Uh, it's it's a fucking mess. That sounds like you're in training to be a uh, Wretched Hive producer, actually. Perfect. Duct tape hey, is I've your only friend. Had I've only had so much training from the master, <laughs> but I was gonna say, um, yeah, that that trailer, um, oh, yeah. with the Falcon and and Galaxy's Edge. Um, how did we not get the job of you know being the studio family walking in front of the green <laughs> screen for that? I know. You imagine the five of us holding hands walking down under the Falcon. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty like, much uh, going to be the way it's going to be when the when that place opens up. It's like just, two, I'm just yeah. holding hands, walking two, in there, two and well, two. That's Greg's holding a space in line for us right by the gate. That's exactly. Right. Nose two. goes. Nose goes. I'm not holding Scott's hand. <laughs> no, it would be. It would clearly be like you know, Greg and I, and you with you in the middle. And we're swinging you back and forth, and then like Dave and Scott <laughs> yes. on the out. Like we're one big happy family with a kid in the middle. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes, love that. Yeah, I was it's there on. So what if I have four dads? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was at the park on January the first for New Year's Day. I took oh. a, the wife and uh, and the youngest child. Um, we went to the we went into Disneyland and uh, and I sat. I did take a picture and put it on the uh, the Facebook yeah. page of yes. me standing in front of the gate that's closed with the poster of of the. The it's been it's posted that's out there. It's just the oh, yeah. the, the artist rendering of the park, um, waiting for it to open. Yeah, Lot, lots of people doing that. It was a very popular shot at the park too. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to speak when I walk in for the first time. I, we should have the mics rolling 
for us. If if we can arrange that somehow for us all to do it at the same time, I I, I, I might lose my mind. I, I I'm not sure. I don't know how this is going to go. Like I'm going to freak out. It's so you're get a little it, bit choked up. I mean, I, yeah. I, looking at that Falcon for the first time. I mean, just watching yeah. that video of the kids skipping it from like God. Oh my God. Incredible. Makes you feel young all over again, doesn't it, Steve? It, uh, just like my pork. Just like the. If pork. only it'll keep <laughs> Scott from talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, one way to keep Scott from talking is just send him to Vegas. We need to send Scott to Vegas every couple of weeks. Yeah, we've really just thrown a, a, a kink in everybody's uh, Wretched Hive drinking game because there's nobody that's going to jump in on anything going on in this episode. So, Well, let me jump in really quick on that because I, I agree. I agree. All right. Is Thank it, you. But it's only when Scott says it, I think, this is the drinking game. Anyway, all right. Well, I, guys, I mentioned that we're between movies, but there are other announcements for uh, Star Wars products other than uh, – other than Disney Park stuff, there's uh, Cassian Andor actually was uh, was uh, announced on Discussing Film through Twitter. Discussing at Discussing Film announced that the series will be will begin production October 2019. I assume that means that we're not going to actually see any episodes until 20 mid 2020 at the very earliest, right? Which kind of would make sense because you know the 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 channel is not even going to launch until later in twenty nineteen. Okay. Um. So second half, back half of the year. Okay. They'll put the Mandalorian on. So um, I'm assuming there's going to be some other live action show that's not Star Wars related on the Disney Channel. So, um, you know, if you throw out the Mandalorian show and the Rogue One show, whatever they end up calling it, at the same time, I think that's too much, you know. So wait, is the so is the Mandalorian going to launch when Disney Plus launches? Like, will it be? Hey, we've got Disney Plus, and if you want to watch Mandalorian, this is the way you do it. Considering, been... go ahead, Dave. No, I was just gonna say they haven't announced it yet for sure, but I know Greg Lent has a theory because I just interrupted it. Yeah, considering they are filming this show as we speak, yeah, um, I would think in a year's time that show is going to be in the can and ready to go right out the gate. Yeah. Now yeah. the next question is: Do you think they go Netflix style and drop the entire season, Ooh. or are they going to go more Hulu where they drop what uh, episodes weekly? Well, see, I think that CBS All Access did a, a weekly release with Star Trek, also. So I have no idea. Mm. I, oh, I, I'm guessing. I'm gonna guess. That's a. By the way, great question, Nico. I'm gonna guess they're gonna drop the whole season. They're just gonna drop I the mean, whole thing. Twelve episodes. If right I away. had to guess, and I, I just I want to jump in on that real quick to mm. say why I agree. Okay. If I had to guess, I would guess on the same thing as well. If for no other reason than I think they want to keep the decks fairly clear. I want there to be. I think they want there to be a gap between people watching The Mandalorian and people going to see Star Wars Episode Nine at the end of December. Yeah. So if this, if this thing launches in the third quarter, which is, what, let's say August, September, if they were to do 12 episodes, one episode a week, you would be getting awfully close to that, that marketing window and that ramp up for episode nine i think they want as much of a gap as they can have well or or do they do they release weekly sorry do they release weekly to sort of like grab you and make you kind of kind of like maintain your subscription longer 
kind of guarantee your that you stay on board because you want to see those the the season unfold. I I think they've got enough new stuff and enough stuff in the vault mm. that they're going to have access to through mm. uh, Disney Fox that I don't think they're going to be too worried about it. I mean, if you look at Netflix, if you look at Hulu, mm. I, I don't think those show those networks for lack of a better term are losing subscribers because of how they're they're providing their product. I think they just have differing philosophies. Mm. But doesn't um Disney has ownership in Hulu, right? They will once Fox closes. They will have majority ownership of Hulu. And do you think that I mean they're going to keep that obviously that's going to be smart for business. Are they going to be owners who release their products in different ways then? So Hulu, they're going to launch everything weekly, and then on Disney mm. Plus, they'll launch everything all at once. Mm. I, I don't I know that it's a see... given that they keep it at this point. Yeah, keep... and I, I don't know. I don't think Hulu is going to be the same format that it is in you know a year or two. I think the other networks are going to pull. My prediction is the other networks pull out of Hulu. And that Hulu becomes the destination point for all of the Disney product that they don't want on the Disney Plus branded streaming platform. Hmm. Is that you know they have all kinds of movies that they put out through Touchstone, through Buena Vida. You know they're not going to put Pretty Woman available on Disney Plus. Pretty Woman is something that would be available on Hulu, in my hmm. personal opinion. Hmm. All right, well, will we will... all know that your hmm. personal opinion is invalid? So will we get? <laughs> Will we get the original theatrical release of Star Wars no. on Disney no. Plus? On Disney no. Plus? No. 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 Steve, no. Come on. Come on. Stop. Why? No. What? There's a demand for it. There, okay. Look. Look. Don't, oh, so that's <laughs> when, when you get pissed at me. Look. Scott... <laughs> Lifelong Star Wars fan Scotty Vansky will not subscribe to Disney Plus. So he says. Although he said he will not buy The Last Jedi on DVD and look what happened there. But what if they came out with the original theatrical release? Uh, they came out with the Star Wars Christmas special. All this stuff that Disney that that uh, Star Wars fans desperately want. That is those are huge cards mm. to play for Disney. Hold on. Are, 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 do people desperately want the holiday special, or is it just a morbid curiosity? That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. I will say, I will go on record and say right. that the holiday special will be on the Disney streaming network before the original unaltered cuts of the Ooh. original trilogy. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Ooh. All right. You. That's bold. No. I, I, okay. Fine. I totally Mark. disagree. I, I think the original cuts will be available on some kind of weird deluxe box set that comes out because that's really the market that is interested mm. in that at this point. Yeah. The folks that are old enough to remember the thrill of buying something and physically owning it and mm, who yeah. are old enough to still still want it and care about it because there's a whole generation of people now who have not seen the original cut and they're not going to care about it. Yeah, it's they're it's not going to want to plunk down money. You're mm. absolutely right. It's going to be in some giant two hundred dollar plus box set, you know. That's Which, only by the available way, for a limited time. 
which by the way, I'm first in fucking line for. Oh, I don't have I would a problem with it. Yeah. yeah, Disney, take my money. Please, yeah, no, no take shit. my money. Okay, so this week, I don't have this in the show notes, guys, but this week, or actually, I think it was last it's, it's week. It's all right, Steve. None of us have read the fucking things anyway. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, okay, these are first and foremost in the show notes. Um, Netflix, the, the Netflix series Black Mirror. Are you familiar? You guys are familiar. Yes. Yep. I, oh, okay, great, great. It's sort of like modern day Twilight. If you haven't seen it, it's sort of like modern day Twilight Zone in, uh, intrigue sort of stuff it's it's really really well done a modern and take every, on, ev- twilight, on the everything has kind of a tech related twist to it also yeah that's a good point i hadn't yeah. thought about that but you're right mm-hmm. um okay so last week's episode of black mirror featured uh, a thing where you could direct the the show on your own so it was like a choose choose your plot Choose what happens next version. Choose your own adventure story. Choose your own adventure. Yes, thank you, thank you. So oh, a twist a plot, a twist a plot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are, what do they call those books that's like are in thirds? You know that you can you can like the top third, middle third, bottom third that you could you can make different pictures. It's sort of like you you can just you can design your own story or your own picture. And this this Black Mirror episode was like that. Like I'm not sure how it worked, but I heard on a podcast earlier today that I listened to, uh, Tech Meme Ride Home, if you're interested, um, that Netflix was able to pull this off. So of course I thought of a conversation we had probably a year ago or over a year ago, where I was advocating for a Star Wars version of a build your own story movie. Like I want to see these elements from the original release, these elements from the 97 re-release melded together in the way that I want to see it. Will Disney plus Greg Lent offer something like that for star Wars? uh, I really wish that they would because yeah, I would love to see the uh, cleaned up. All X-wing pilots are John Knoll faces version of the Death Star battle and still get to see Han shoot first. That's yeah. what I would like to see. Yes. Right? Yes. And and I think a lot of people are like that too. You know, they would want to see all the cleaned up effects and not quite the dirty Vaseline smudges under the land speeder, uh, but still not have to suffer through Han walking over Jabba's tail or anything like that. So if they could do something like that, I will I'm gonna take a step back. I will say I have seen the Netflix Bandersnatch. It's really more like a, a full like uh, movie than just a, an episode of Black Mirror too. It's a black. It is a Black Mirror show, but it's like a full on movie because it's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. And I went through and I chose I chose my own adventure for oh. the story as well. Oh, so you actually and, did it? Oh, cool. Yeah. It's it's a novel concept. It's really a novel concept because it really keeps you engaged with the show and what's going on. You can't just have your iPad there and we're doing something else and kind of have it on in the background. You have to be an active participant. So kudos to them for that. That being said, the story is just kind of meh, you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, but the tech is there. So I'm curious, yeah. can you, is it, can you describe how, it, like, I don't, I can't understand how it worked. How did you so, pick the story and how did you change the story in real time? Sure. So what happens is as you're watching the show, what will happen at certain points, and it's about every five to seven minutes, let's say in the show, there will be an option that comes on. It's always an A or an a B option. And so you you okay. uh, I was watching it on um, 
What, what do, I, I think I was watching it on an iPad actually, and you would just tap the choice. And it, but if you had like an, I I don't think it works on Apple TV, so you might be out of luck with Apple TV. But with a Roku, okay. you would hit like left or right on your Roku remote to get to the choice. And so th- at that point, it gives you like a 10 second time frame to, with which to make the choice, and then it, and then it goes on with the story from there. Um, there's no like cut to where it's loading or anything like that. It's all very seamless. But I don't know. Um, hmm. Hey, Scott's calling in. How about oh, that? How about that? You're kidding. I don't know what happens if you don't make a choice because I made a choice for everything. So I don't know what would happen if you don't make a choice. Okay, let's. Okay, Robin. Let's, Robin doesn't get killed, and he's still Batman's partner. That's let me what happens. Let me pause <laughs> this and add. Try to add Scott here. Um, give me one second here. Okay, let me make Hold a on. note. Make Hold a on note a second. Of... Breaking news on what happens when you don't make a choice there. He's not smart enough to hit the join call button. He has to I start know. a whole new call. For I everybody. know. God damn it. 32. I am told now that if you don't make a choice in Banner Snatch, it immediately defaults to the leftmost option. Mr. E- Mr. Ivansky. Hey, how's it going? Hey! hey! You made it! I don't hear, a, I don't hear a 85 miles an hour going down the uh, Route 66 there. Are you back at home? No, I'm in Vegas, motherfucker. Oh, you're, you're ah! still in Vegas. Okay. Nobody <laughs> believed you when I told them you were in Vegas. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Let's uh, introduce this guy. Uh, you may have heard his voice on previous shows. Scott! Ivansky! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. I'm uh, I'm remote, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm in a different freaking state right now. Rich you know what's on the road? That's right. Dude. You're, but you're often in an altered state when you're on the show, so is this really any different? <laughs> Not much. Dave. So Scott, you're calling in from Las Vegas. What's insane is you sound actually better than you do when you're in the room yes. with me. This is a great <laughs> connection. Oh my god, this is perfect. And Steve worked so hard to fix the audio problems that we had on the last episode. I and was, you're not even in the same freaking state. Okay, I was, two things. I was two bragging things. to the guys before we started that I, f- I figured out what I was doing wrong. <laughs> After days of figure, of course, it was something really dumb. Uh, and now you're not even here, goddammit. And you sound fantastic. So what's what's well, going on, man? What are you doing? Well, thanks. Thanks. Holy I shit, am... video. Oh, I got video out there. All right, great. It's working. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to put some scary shit on the screen, and I'll have to post it on our Facebook page. But two things I just want to say I am, uh, is I'm on the road, I'm in Vegas, and I love that all you scared Facebook motherfuckers didn't look at my Facebook page to see that I've been in fucking Vegas. <laughs> I've got like 800 posts on on my all my social media sites, and I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And second, so I'm going to let that go. But second, the most important thing is I can see – Fucking Nico. He's got a video. Yeah. Oh my god. Nico's not fucking anybody right now, so calm down. <laughs> but we we all but you did miss when we all took a stage dive off of Nico's monitor earlier. So you missed that. <laughs> and, and, and I will also add that that's what it looked like. <laughs> and I will also oh add god. that um uh scared Facebook motherfuckers, is that what you said? <laughs> Uh, it's smart anti-Facebook motherfuckers. And uh, we talked about how we knew you were in Vegas and we were sad that you weren't on the show. So I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I am glad that you were able to join in. Whatever you're using for your setup, just yeah. s- take that back 
and bring it home because you sound perfect right now. <laughs> I've got a better idea. Stay there. Yeah. Oh, you stay there? <laughs> I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I love you guys. You know, I'm just giving you a bunch of shit. But I gotta say, I was—I didn't know I was gonna be on this call, and I'm happy that I was able to do it. Um, I was running a little bit late. I was hanging out with uh, Jerry Lewis, or at least his house, and, uh, and a <laughs> nice. few other. Well, Jerry, we just, Jerry Lewis is dead, so that would be creepy. Yeah, it was awesome. We just dug up his dead bones and just hung out at his old place in Vegas. Man, it's crazy, freaking cold out here right now. Yeah. I swear to God, it's gonna snow. That's how cold it is. All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a good time. I I interrupted the show, but let's get back on with. The, I don't have the show notes, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're really sorry oh. because you always review <laughs> the show notes. You lying motherfucker. <laughs> How is anybody going to function on this show without the show uh, notes? Oh God. I uh, can't work in these conditions. I'm telling you. In in our defense, twenty percent of the show hosts always read the show notes. Oh my God! Twenty percent? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. One one in five. Yeah. Oh God. Guaranteed fact. Eighty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. right. That's how you know it's good. Oh oh, and I have to. I have. There's one more revelation I have to get, uh, announce before we start this thing or we get rolling again. Bring it. Um, this will be the very first show I think I do completely sober. <laughs> oh, shit. we got oh, that fix is that. News. Oh, Jesus, shit. are you in a casino? What Dude, I could see some slot machines behind. Just order up some drinks, man. What are you they, waiting they, for? To be honest, they wouldn't let me broadcast from Frankie's, and that's where I was getting my booze. <laughs> but I was like, oh, whatever. Man. All right, all right. All right. Well, Scott, we welcome in. Welcome in. Perfect timing, Scott. Let's transition now. Thanks for the Black Mirror review, Greg. I really appreciate that. That sounds awesome. I sure. want StarWars.com people, Kathleen, everybody there, listen up. You guys need to do, for the new Disney+, Plus, do a Star Wars, pick your own story. If Netflix can do it, so can you. Get caught up. Get it done. You heard it here first. This is happening. Uh, let's move on, guys, here. Uh, Nico shared... And has been widely reported now online. This amazing Star Wars Darth Vader episode one shards of the past. This video that was produced by a YouTuber Star Wars Theory. This thing is really, really cool. And uh, finally had a chance to take a look at it earlier today. Uh, I isolated a clip, guys. And if you haven't seen this, by the way, just... Search on YouTube, uh, Vader Episode 1, Shards of the Past. It's uh, the channel of Star Wars Theory. Uh, in this clip, Darth is, well, he's a little angry. Spoilers. He's a little angry at the Emperor. Uh, and the Emperor defended himself rather nicely. Let's have a let's have a listen to this here. Here we go. <laughs> I destroyed your enemy. Forged for you an empire. Yet, like the Jedi, you have left me a mere shadow of what I was promised. You have taken everything. Everything? Foolish boy. You grieve for the dead wife of an insolent Jedi. Your precious Padme's fate was your choice. Just as your fate is mine. <laughs> So that's just a very brief clip from a 16-minute film that these guys put together. This is one of the best, Nico, one of the best 
fan films I think I've ever seen. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know if that says a lot because, to be honest, I was left a little wanting with it. I read the review of it before I watched it, and this guy who was reviewing it hyped the shit out of it. And uh, I was expecting a lot. And uh, when I watched it, after hearing that this guy spent over $100,000 of his own money on it, Wow. The effects and the cinematography, I thought, were fan film quality to me, like, totally blunt. And I was expecting a lot more from it. The content, though, was really super cool. Um, it was a really, really cool idea. I was just thought that the quality of the actual <clears throat> um, production was mm. just a little bit lackluster. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there's the scene in the emperor's throne room or whatever it is. It looks like somebody's garage that they fixed up for the, for the movie. But I thought other than that, it was really good. I really appreciated the story. I loved the, the back and forth between Vader and the emperor. It's really well done. It's, 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 uh, it's what star Wars theory does. Well, if you're familiar with their channel and if you're not go again, go to uh, youtube.com star Wars theory. And, uh, this is just one of, uh, uh, many videos they've got um, good stuff really good stuff I, I'm interested to see the next one because again spoiler it ends on a cliffhanger with uh, yeah. the potential reintroduction of Mace Windu yeah yeah. Right. yeah and it's titled episode one yeah so mm -hmm. it's clearly he's leaving himself open for more shorts to come out later well but I did not hear that he spent a hundred grand on that that's that wow. puts it that's yeah. a little bit of a different perspective for me now wow so yeah his deal too is that's <clears throat> but it's a sanctioned fan film from disney and lucas arts he he was allowed to make that and and advertise for it but the thing is he can't make any money off of it which is why he's releasing it on his youtube um so they're letting him do they let him use all the characters, all the names, all the everything. Mm -hmm. He's just not allowed to make any money off of it, mm -hmm. and he's not allowed to crowdfund it. So okay. all of that money mm -hmm. that he got from it is all his money that he's that he's put together mm -hmm. um, to make it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, oh. I I agree with Nico on his opinion on it. I I understand that there's going to be some issues with, you know, you know, a, a single person and maybe a couple friends. However, it all got put together constructing this thing but i think he, he did a fantastic job i mean it really compared to maybe i'm using what we've used as benchmarks in the past uh this guy put together a nice story and yeah there's some flaws here and there but i overall i just felt really really good about it like i wanted to see more i really did so he can't make any money from he can't earn an income from producing the content right i mean i mean that's star wars theory i imagine it's like a podcast right it's like you can't you're, you're not gonna you don't have any rights to the property you're just speculating about things and hoping you get a lot of followers now i work well, in a law firm but i'm not any expert on copyright law uh, but i don't <laughs> think you can you can ever make money on a property you don't own hmm. um so any any youtube video that is monetized cannot have copyrighted content in it but if you wanted to make a film and show it for free yeah. and not advertise for it and not earn not earn anything on it you're allowed to do so i can't imagine well, anyone see, that would spend so much time on star wars stuff and not make any money off of it that's just weird 
<laughs> kind of like five guys sitting in a room yeah. for two hours a night every two weeks for three years. Five to guys talk about this five, shit. Five guys in a pork and a pork. Oh, and a pork. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. yeah, scared pork. <laughs> the thing about YouTube though is that there's a little there's kind well of satisfied. There's there's been some um, kind of backlash from YouTubers, the guys, mm. the you know people who are making content on yeah. the website um, about fair use um, mm. for review and parody and and education and entertainment um, using the content of other you know copyrighted um, creators. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, there, and there's there there's a point to that. I I, there, I think there's a place for that to be argued, uh, for sure. Um, so like this this guy's whole channel, it's called Star Wars Theory, and he's talking about expanded universe ideas and legacy ideas, and talking about lightsabers, which are all copyrighted and trademarked, you know, yeah. names and concepts. But the thing is, he's doing it in a way to educate. Um, or you know, people who are making parodies of songs and other movies and things—they're um, all allowed to monetize their content as long as it doesn't, um, you know, violate any of YouTube's terms for that that sort of content. Well, Yankovic has made a career out of parody songs. Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. And actually, our—it's a great point, Nico, because our intro for you this year intro. That is a uh, was pulled from a YouTube uh, uh, funny video about millennial. Exactly, but we yeah. use it as a we use it in parody. So exactly, exactly, and we're also not monetized. Right, correct. All right. Well, while we're here not in YouTube, in YouTube, <laughs> that's right, in YouTube land, um, let's talk about this video that was put out by ILM. Uh, this is uh, the transformation of the millennial falcon. The Millennium Falcon, not the Millennial Falcon. The transformation of the Millennial Falcon happened when he was a, I don't know, sixteen or eighteen. I have transformed. I have ascended. The transformation of the uh, of the Millennium Falcon here. Uh, this is ILM uh, artist James Klein describing some of the process that went into building out. Han Solo's ship in the movie Solo. Check this out, it's great stuff. Along with the progression of the Falcon was the escape pod. And there's this big reveal of the Falcon where the escape pod fires off and gives us this silhouette of the mandibles that we all associate with Hans Falcon. It's Hans Falcon covered by external panels. We had to consider all the different levels of damage that the Falcon is going to incur in our movie. So I don't have to play the whole thing, but this is this is good stuff. I'm uh, playing it actually through io9.gizmodo.com. Search for uh, Watch Lando's Falcon Became Hans in a new video from Industrial Light and Magic. Good stuff. Thank you, io9, for that. Really good stuff. Uh, really insightful uh process uh well insightful view of the process that they went through to build out han solo's falcon in uh, in solo good stuff um guys we need to talk about this story here from about netflix 
Dave, I think you shared this one. Is Netflix killing the movie theater? Not so fast, says the Washington <laughs> Post business section. Uh, by A story by Stephen Zykic. This Christmas, Hollywood's major film releases are, are competing for Americans' entertainment time with a slew of new shows on Netflix and all those television series that slipped through the cracks last year. And yet the many films, Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins, are projected to do big business. Um, if you're Disney, certainly you can argue that Netflix isn't hurting your theater-going market. Uh, according to EntertainmentWeekly.com, Disney set an all-time domestic box office record in 2019 uh, on the backs of Black Panther, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, uh, taking in over $3 billion in 2018, globally earning over $7 billion, which is the second lar- largest global total ever. Dave, I'm wondering what, what you think of this is Netflix killing the movie theater piece. And, you know, we talk a lot about uh, Hulu and Netflix and the coming Disney Plus, of course, are are, are there going to be movie theaters in 10 years, Dave? Or are these online sources going to sort of take over the the, uh, the viewership from theaters? Is that going to happen? I, I think there are going to be movie theaters in 10 years. I think the question is, are there still going to be cable companies in 10 years? Mm. Are you still going to have Charter or Spectrum or Time Warner Cable Uh, If you're on the West Coast, I don't know that you are because of all these streaming channels that are coming out and all of the the traditional old school network channels that are coming up with their own individual ways to stream their content out to people who are willing to pay a monthly subscription fee. If you're going to do that, why are you going to keep paying, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars a month to a cable company every month for access to all of those channels and 80 or 90 more that you don't already watch? I just uh, as you were doing the lead up there, I was looking at what the number of tickets sold have been over the last about eight or nine years, and it's fluctuating up and down, but it's staying pretty static. A little over uh, uh, 1.3 billion, I think, sold uh, in the U.S., or a little under that number over the last 10 years. So I don't think Netflix, you know, and all of that category of entertainment delivery is impacting the movie theaters per se not yet anyway and i think Hmm. once cable companies go away we're just going to have more entertainment dollars to spend and maybe we will go to a couple uh a couple more movies every year and that'll wind up being the saving grace for movies well i i i I hear what you're saying but greg i'm curious to know what you think (laughs) about this so you know we're we're now living in the area where a 50 inch television screen is is almost the norm 42 certainly is it's like the norm we've all got online sure. streaming capabilities uh are sure. i'm 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 concerned that the movie theaters are just going to go away i mean i i think it's a real possibility that major releases like star wars episode nine like uh the future star wars trilogy we've already talked about the the benahoff and weiss trilogy is being planned for disney plus not the theaters uh what's your take on this you know you're right in that the the cheap tvs now 
the cheap to buy TVs are minimum 50 inches these days. I mean, a, a 40 inch TV, you could put a 40 inch TV in your kid's bedroom and not blink an eye at it, you know, and, and less and, than 200 bucks. Yeah, exactly. So, but there are people who want to go to the movies that want that theater experience. I think all of us here have a TV that's at least 50 inches, if not bigger. And all of us still want to and enjoy going to a movie. And I don't think that's ever going to change. People want to experience – people go see – let me put it this way. If we could go see A New Hope at home, at Dave's house, who probably has the <laughs> nicest TV out of all of us, or at, uh, or at the uh, Cinerama Dome or at the Arclight up in L.A., where would we go? Well, probably Dave's house because he's, he's going to have <laughs> plenty of blue moon. We know that. You can so watch we, the movie here. I'll be at the Arclight. <laughs> yeah, we would all we would all go to the arc light. We all would because we all like going to the movies. We all like experiencing that theater experience. And yeah. so, while there may be some dip in business here and there, you get a, a year like this year, and you have Avengers, you have Black Panther, you have Aquaman doing gang oh, a DC movie doing Aquaman. fucking gangbusters business, man. Fucking Aquaman. By the way, Aquaman. have you guys seen Aquaman? No. I have. All right. What's your t- – uh, okay, so I'm getting a lot of no's. I'm seeing nodding heads, uh, uh, horizontal nodding of heads. Um, it, 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 Greg, it is literally, what did you – It is literally the Fast and the Furious meets Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but that, uh, I know that sounds horrible, but it's fun. It's dumb okay. fun, All but right. it's fun. Okay. My my friend Mary called it the worst Power Rangers movie she's ever seen. <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad. Fucking DC can't do anything right. right. I'm gonna um, di- I'm I'm gonna okay. dig up a quote about right. that. Just but go on. No, <clears throat> go. It's, it's go okay. S- there there are much worse movies out there. Trust yeah. me. I, um, I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt there are much worse movies out there. But I'm like, if we're at the point where Aquaman makes 200 million domestically, we are not at the point of talking about our movie theater is going to die out in the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. Besides that, I don't care how big the TV is in your fucking kid's room. You can't have IMAX in your house. No, you can't. And I, to, to Greg's Can point you, of the, mm. the theater experience, I saw say anything classic movie many, many times on video. I didn't, didn't see it in theaters when it came out. Hmm. I finally had an opportunity to see it at a special screening at USC, probably five years after it had initially come out. And it was a completely different experience. It changed how I felt about the movie and what I, you know, bits that I thought were funny because you're in that crowded auditorium, the lights are down, nobody's afraid to laugh, nobody's afraid to react. And it was wonderful and glorious. And I love going to the movies and I will not pass up a chance to do it. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm with Dave hundred percent. All right. Okay. I, will I, th- be on that. I think we all agree. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad for that because I don't want theaters to go away, but I'm looking at this going Disney. Why are, why is, why is the Benioff and Weiss trilogy being planned for online release? I, I don't, that's pissing me off a little bit. Well, Thank God maybe, it's finally pissing you off. You know, I've been that, trying that, to get you pissed off about this for a while, man. That's an, that's an experience that's built for the t- for TV, though. Game of Thrones is not a movie-going experience. While I'm sure we would all like to go and see a couple, like the Battle of the Bastards on the big screen would be really awesome, you know? But 
you you don't need to see every episode. That's a that's a, it's an experience that's built for an entirely different medium. All right, yeah, Scott, it, you you had something to jump in here. I'm going to jump in for you, Scott. This no, time, okay? No, please. Did you have something to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were actually going to jump in for me. Um, no, I'm just look. Going to the movies is an experience. It's been said on this. I, everyone said it perfectly. I. I would never stop going. Even if I had my own theater built into my house, there's an experience about going. Yeah, sometimes I get shitty experiences, but, man, it's it's been a lifelong thing. Although, as much as I love you guys, I would be at Grauman's across the street. I wouldn't be at um, Cinerama Dome, so I'm sorry. Right. Well, I'm in, sorry. in this scenario, it's only playing at Arclight, which I God know is damn it. antithetical <laughs> for you, but... Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm there. I'm there. All with right. you guys. I'm okay. There. Hang on. I got. I got. I got a break on this for you, though. I have a trivia question for you guys. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Speaking of speaking of the Chinese theater, so I uh, I got to watch the '80s classic Valley Girl uh, over the New Year's break, which is only just out on Blu-ray. Hasn't been available on any medium except uh, DVD for years and years and years. Great so at movie. one point, at one point, they're driving down the strip and they drive by Chinese theater. Does anybody remember what the movies are that were on the marquee at the Chinese theater in the movie? Great Hold question. on. And great, Margaret. Great question. Ugh. I'm going to say... I have no clue. Superman. That's okay. A good, that's a good pull, actually, because... What year are we talking was, about? Was 82? 80, is that 81? Okay. 82. Okay. It came out in 82, so it and came not out... not Superman, because Superman's 78. Yeah, and it's got to be Raiders of the Lost Ark or shit. I'm gonna uh, say Smoking the Bandit Part Two. You're not gonna say yeah. Empire. You're not gonna say These Empire, are, are you? Pulls. These are great polls, by the way. <laughs> well, you figured the movie was filmed about a year prior to its release, so eighty eighty one. I was gonna say Empire Strikes Back. All right. A- any other guesses here? No. Raging right. Bull. <laughs> no, not a bad poll. No, the the movies on the marquee were Heidi's Song and An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, oh damn it! Oh, Heidi's Song. I don't even remember that movie. <laughs> when was Officer and a Gentleman released? When was that? Seventy nine. Eighty one. Eighty one. Eighty two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Man. Cool. Nice. This has been uh, Valley Girl trivia. Love well, it. No, I just I, I thought Girl. of. I thought of Scott when I saw that because I know Scott's, you know, impure love for the Chinese theater. <laughs> I do. And I have to correct you on something, Dave. It was not Grauman's back then. It was man's Chinese. Yes, it was yeah. man's. I've been I've been trying to say Chinese theater. So I stay away from the whole controversy of what the name actually is. Because it's neither of those now. It's the TCL Chinese theater, isn't it? Yeah. Now, isn't that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah. some shitty TV manufacturer. I don't know. Scott yeah. has had a lot of impure love inside the Chinese theater. <laughs> or or just outside it on the boardwalk. Hey. <laughs> uh talking about movie theaters, guys. Uh there's an article from Entertainment Weekly last week uh chronicling the the top anticipated, the most anticipated movies of 2019. What do you think was the number 1 most anticipated movie. This is a, this is from. Uh, well, actually, it's Entertainment Weekly reporting on Fandango. So it's a tie from... between Heidi Song and Officer and a Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. Boots? Yes. 
I'm all for it. So, uh, hint, it was it's not Star Wars. Yeah, it's Avengers Endgame. What else could it possibly be? Yes, yeah. you are correct. Okay, number two. Is, is Captain Marvel up there? Captain Marvel's number two. Well done. All right, excellent. All right. All right, number three. Uh, I, I've got the I've got the top ten. If you haven't seen the show notes, you're safe. I haven't I've got the top ten. So, so I haven't seen the who's seen the show notes. Spider Man Far <laughs> From Home. Uh, yep, that's number four. Well done. Dumbo. A Dumbo is number nine. It's so Star Wars is not on the list at all. Star. We already said Star Wars number three. Oh, okay. Uh, episode nine. Okay, so we've got one Avengers and game. Two Captain Marvel, three Star Wars F nine, four Spider Man Far From Home, nine is Dumbo. What else is on the list? The Lion King. Lion King is number seven. Well done. Okay. So you got five, okay. six, and uh eight and ten. Aladdin. Well done, number eight. You guys are crushing it. Well done. Oh, they Three are more. making a lad movie. That's with Will Smith, it isn't it? Yeah. Yes. God, they're making Dumbo, Aladdin, and Lion um, King. Lion King. And they're all putting for... them all out in the same year, which I cannot comprehend. I know. Yeah. Are these Disney just Pop. Disney films at this point? Because that's all no. we're talking about right now is Disney films. Uh, I okay. There's one on the list that has not been mentioned that I do not believe is Disney. Okay, and, and I guess, and I guess but, technically Spider Man is also not Disney at this point either. So Spider Man okay. is a Sony is a Sony release. Yeah, All right, right. So there's three movies on this list. You guys are crushing it so far. I'm so proud of you guys. Is, that, is that, the the Jason Statham and and Dwayne Johnson Fast and Furious spinoff is that on there? No, the, the Hobbs and whatever it is, Hobbs and Shaw. You got three strikes. No, that's one strike. That is not. Okay. That is not there. You got two strikes to go. Hmm. Anybody? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a little hint. So one is absolutely Disney. There's just no doubt. One is a DC property. And then one I'm not sure. Oh, Wonder Woman's coming out. No, it is not Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman Woman got moved. Shazam or whatever that is. Um, No, that's three strikes. So you got the Joker. Joker, oh, that, that Joker weird ass um, Joaquin Phoenix Joker yeah. movie. Yes. Okay, this list just went null and void for me. That, that was number totally 10. not true. Uh, yeah. Number five, coming at number five, Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot okay. about that. Yeah. That's, the, that's the absolute Disney one. And then number six, Glass, which is M. Night Shyamalan's Oh, God. Uh, Isn't that sequel. Universal? Is it Universal? sequel to uh unbreakable which i i'm a fan of his and i know he's 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 produced some crap but i love unbreakable i thought i think unbreakable is really good i never saw what's the the split or whatever the one that mcavoy's in that right mcavoy's the other character i never saw that movie did anybody see that one no Uh, i did didn't but want to yeah it's a good one it's weird but to say m night Shyamalan has to say M. Night Shyamalan has produced some shit is like saying, you know, <laughs> Vladimir Putin is involved in some shady activities. I mean, just... <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Um, now, <laughs> I'm going to run down the actresses at, really quick, and then I want you guys to pick the number one anticipated actor really quick. So let me just run this down because it's kind of funny. 
Uh, so most anticipated actress number ten, uh, Taraj Henson, What Men Want, The Best of Enemies, Sophie Turner, Dark Phoenix at number nine, Lup- Lupita Nyong'o, Star Wars, uh, Jessica Chastain, It Chapter <clears throat> Two, Emma Watson, Little Women, Margot Robbie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Karen Gillan with The Avengers. Uh, Daisy Ridley with Star Wars, Scarlett Johansson, Avengers, and the number one most anticipated actress, say it with me, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. All right, so. I'm, I'm actually surprised It wasn't on that list of anticipated movies for 2019. I forgot yeah. that was coming out Considering next year. how big the first one was, yeah. 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 So based on that, who do you think the most anticipated actor is in this poll? All of the Chris's. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Evans at number Chris three. Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you got Chris Evans. You got Robert Downey Jr. on the list. You got Samuel Jackson. Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland, no. McAvoy was mentioned earlier. He's on there, number ten. Okay. The number right. one most anticipated actor, Tom Hanks, who is playing Mister Rogers oh, in a, yeah. a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Also Woody and Toy Story. And Toy Story 4. Good pull. Yep. yep. So uh, check it Mr. out. Mr. Robinson's Woody. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly this week. Uh... That's, that's what gets us pulled from Apple right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're no longer on the iTunes store, everybody. So, it was fun while it lasted. Also what? really cool. This 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 is not – is very tangentially related to Star Wars. But uh, there's this video I saw this week. Uh, fighter jets, F-18s and the like, zooming through, quote, Star Wars Canyon, unquote, in Darth Valley. Just just do yourself Darth a favor. Uh, d- did I say Darth Valley? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> uh, Death Valley, California. Just do yourself a favor and, and look up popularmechanics.com. Watch fighter jets zoom through Star Wars Canyon. Dude, it's it's fantastic. Just like Beggar's Canyon back then? Yeah. Can they just call it Beggar's Canyon? I mean, where is your inner fanboy article writer? (laughs) (laughs) So good. So good. Um, All right. What else do we have here? Oh, sorry. Did I cut someone off? I was going to say that that article writer is clearly a Trekkie. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Nico, you shared this. This I'm geeked about. I can't wait to t- hear what you guys think about this. All right, start comic book geeks. Put your put your knowledge hats on here because this YouTube video, War of the Realms teaser trailer from Marvel Comics. This is Marvel Entertainment's channel. This thing sounds so cool. This is uh, Marvel author Jason Aaron talking about. The how the realms have fallen in War of the Realms. Check this out. So now we're finally at the point where that war has made it through nine of those ten realms, and the only one left that hasn't been touched yet is, is this one. It's ours. It's Midgard. So with War of the Realms number one, the inciting incident is when you know people in Times Square look out the window one day and a portal opens up, and frost giants and dark elves and fire demons come pouring out. So that war finally makes it here to New York City. And suddenly it's not just a Thor story anymore. It's an Avengers story. It's a everybody's story. So watching this video made me want to go back and, and, and find these comics because I love when the comics 
are tied into the films. And I know, Scott, you have some opinions about having to have ancillary sort of like references to further appreciate the films. Um, And I know that bothers you, but I watching this made me want to go read the comics because I've seen the movie. So I'm, I'm curious, number one, to talk about that. But number two, have you guys read these comics and is it something I should go and find? And we'll, we'll um, let's start it off with um, with Scott here. Scott, what you okay. what do you what do you think about this stuff? Well, I'm going to touch on what you asked me first and, uh, okay. and how I feel about that. So my my first feeling about that is, <clears throat> yeah, it does bother me the way that the Star Wars property is being handled right now, where you have to go out and read these other comics and things to fill in those holes. The thing with the Marvel comics and the movies that we're getting out of them is it's already established. If there's new stuff coming out, that's fine. They're going to do that. They've already got 40, 50, 60 years worth of material built into this. So I'm okay with that because it's established material. Hmm. My problem is is what's happening with Star Wars where you obviously have to have extra information out there that's not being filled in or even slightly touched on in the films. You should get everything you need out of those films and then anything else is just extra fun that's all that's how i feel about it however if if this is a driving point for you steve to go out and buy these comics man i am not going to stop you i will encourage you to do it because going out and buying these things back issues new issues trade paperbacks do it man i can't i got a boatload of these for uh for uh, christmas for both myself i mean i actually got some from my son and i got some for him as well so it's just nice. it's fantastic. It's a great talking point between us. We got some Walking Dead. Um, I got some old Daredevil that I can't wait to do some catching up on. I'm I'm excited, man. It's fun. It's a good good time. Nice. So so Dave and Greg, uh, comic book gurus here. Have you read The War of the Realms? Is it something that I should or that the non comic reader uh, would feel like enhances their enjoyment of the movies? Dave. Mm, I am thinking about that one for a minute. I think the beauty of what Marvel has done is they've constructed this independent world that's informed for the people that read the comics. But if you look at the box office returns, clearly there's a metric ton of people who are not buying and reading the comics on a regular basis that buy the tickets and the DVDs and the streams and everything to see these products. Mm. So I I like that they use the comics as the source material, but they never make you feel like you have to be reading it to get the full story, which is a different model, as Scott's alluding to, from what Star Wars is doing. Star Wars has these movies, and yet they have all these other products that they're like, hey, and if you want more, you really should be reading these things too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that it's it's interesting because I I, – I agree i'm gonna sound like scott here but i agree with both both of what you guys are saying because yes the the marvel comics so there's the marvel cinematic universe and then there's the marvel comics universe even though they don't really call it that that's they just call it the marvel universe but it's the it's the comics universe and the stories are all kind of Hmm. the movie the cinematic universe is kind of like inspired by the comics universe but they're they're obviously not the same place but with the books you're supposed to believe mm. that the stuff that happens in the comics also happens in the movies and everything like that. So that's an inter- it's an interesting twist on it. Um, I say I haven't read this War of the Realms, so I have no idea what it's about. But it, 
It sounds awesome. Uh, fighting Frost Giants is always cool, so I would say <laughs> go out and read it. Um, but I do want to ask Scott, I, and I, I don't mean this to be snarky, but what was in the books that needed to be explained that wasn't in the movie? Because I haven't come across anything like that myself, and I'm just curious as to what I'm missing out on. In in Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the new, like the new Disney-owned properties, uh-huh. um, we, we went over this a little bit. One of my favorite ones to talk about, it's actually a really good story, is the backstory to Captain Phasma, okay. um, who I personally think, based off of this show and everything we've talked about, uh-huh. one of the most hyped characters, which I was super excited about seeing, turned out to fall flat 100%, just a waste of perfectly good chrome or okay. uh, what, whatever, uh, what's-her-name ship is made out of. So yeah. my, my point is, is that there's so much more that character could have been, and we know there is still a possibility that this character can come back. Yeah. in one more film. But to go out and buy the the limited issue series about Phasma is just I don't know, seriously, it's worth buying it, but it's like damn it, I wish they would have put some of that in there, just a little okay. bit. So yeah. so so you you're just and I I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to it's okay. To discount what you say, but but you were you were more impressed with her story in the comics than you were with what they put up on the screen, but uh, I, but there was nothing really that happened in the comic books that like needed to be explained on the screen because you were you were the way I was understanding you when you were talking about it is there was something that that should have been explained in the movie that wasn't that was in the books and I, I think it's just you I think it's it sounds like you just like the characterization of her character in this book versus on the screen am I, am I making any sense you you are I I think you got it pretty good my my point is is I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change one little thing I think that they could have added something from that. Um, yeah. And made it a little bit more entertaining for us as movie viewers. I, I, Phasma is, is is a mystery to me on the screen, and in some sense that's good. But in the way that they're presenting it in these new films, just falls hmm. flat for me. It's a it's just it's a failure on their part okay. where they could have made that character just a little more intriguing. Yeah, so, no, I I, I I would tend to agree with you in that they you know she looks. When you first see that character, you're like, oh, my God, this is the second coming of Darth Vader. And yes. what appears on the screen is is I don't want to say it's Boba Fett 2.0 because it's a little bit better than what Boba Fett ended up as. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 definitely not the second coming of Darth Vader. It's just kind yeah. of another baddie. But it's like that's for me. I didn't need <laughs> to know anything else about that character. And maybe it's because they didn't flesh out anything more and they just made her kind of. Blah, you know. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'm actually. I like what you said about the Boba Fett 2.0 thing. My comparison of Phasma to how Boba Fett is, uh, how Dave feels about Boba Fett, is Phasma is the last sequence of Boba Fett dying like a complete pussy in the Sarlacc pit. That's what Phasma is to me. Well, the problem is, is when you go out and buy the limited series and either comics or I think there's a book, you get something that really could be represented on screen, even if it's just five minutes of of something that, you know, brings that character a little bit more alive to me. When you first saw Phasma in the trailers, weren't you just like, seriously, oh my God, this is going to be the craziest thing ever. Like you said, second coming of Vader. Turns out it's like, wow, she's so scary, but why? I mean, she's running all the troops of the entire First Order. Why? She's not even as tough as Brian of Tarth, as it turns out. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave right? well, I, I I have a question well, for Dave they, on this because they, I... they should make a story for Captain Phasma, and they got the best title. They could just call it Twin Engines of Destruction. I think that would be. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, nice. are we are nice. we comparing apples and oranges here, though? Because 
I, I'm looking at this going, okay, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're really, in many ways, retelling the stories that were already told in the comics. Whereas in Star Wars, we're using the comics and the books to enhance what are maybe, dare I say, weak characters in films. I mean, are we comparing apples to oranges? We, we are comparing apples to oranges. It, it's, it, it's like comparing the Netflix model of streaming to the Hulu model of streaming that we were talking about earlier. Uh, and I don't know that they're using it to, to you know do weak story points or something, but some of the choices that they make for how they're filling things in, it just it feels a little forced and unnecessary. Like, at the end of the day, is it really critical that we know how Leia met Holdo, which was supposed to be a big part of the, the Leia novel? I mean, no, it's really not. That story would have been perfectly fine on its own if the Holdo character had been completely removed from it. And so it just felt gratuitous to me, and it actually took me out of what I thought was an overall very enjoyable tale. The the best one, and I haven't read the Captain Phasma book, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but I loved the Catalyst novel. I thought the Catalyst mm. novel as a prequel to Rogue One was extremely well done and almost essential reading to better understand a lot of the intricacies that are going on in that movie mm. but by the same token if you've never read a spider-man comic in your life you're going to go to and you're going to enjoy the first three spider-man movies and the last spider-man movie that you saw the ones with james garfield just just suck ass you're not going to like them at all oh by the way a spider-man into the spider-verse mm. fucking phenomenal and I don't know much about the non-film versions of Spider-Man other than the 60s TV show, which there's an ode to that in this movie. Mm. Such a great, entertaining movie. Loved Into the Spider-Verse. I will so, buy that the second it comes out. Great movie. And, and that's something, to your point, are they writing, is Marvel now writing stuff with an eye towards the movies and what can be done? And I feel like they have been doing that for a long time. I mean, the fantastic, well, not a long time, but they've been doing it for probably at least five or six years at this point that what they're doing is potential, you know, it could be the movie of 10 years from now or the basis for a movie 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, and evidence of that would be the dispute that Marvel had with Fox over how the fantastic four was being used for, uh, for the films when that last crappy Josh Trank, uh, Fantastic Four movie came out uh, the Marvel hierarchy basically said we're done even supporting this and they cancelled the Fantastic Four comic book. Fantastic Four is of course the underpinning, the launching point comic for the basis of the modern Marvel universe and they said no, it's done, we're not publishing it anymore because your movies are such crap and it's only in the last six months that they've brought that that concept and that publication model back to you. So they're definitely keeping an eye towards what could happen the spider-verse concept was something that uh spider-man writer dan slot he brought in i want to say about three or four years ago this hmm. idea of taking okay. all these various spider-man characters and incarnations that have been around and just throwing them into one story and he made a big point of like there were like three things that i couldn't use and they were for rights reasons he was like, I thought I couldn't use Tobey Maguire because of rights reasons of the Sony thing, and I got around it by just making it an off-panel reference. Like, hey, I just ran by some guy who said his back was really hurting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm just curious. Have you have you seen that movie, guys? I have not, and I've heard nothing uh, but good things about it, and I'm kind yeah. of sad that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, glowing reviews 
all all across the board, and I, I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to see it, actually. Well, going back to the theater thing, see it in a theater. It's yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So to bring us right back to the beginning here, Steve, yes, uh, no, none of these self-proclaimed <laughs> comic book gurus could have read War of the Realms because that is Marvel's new 2019 big comic book event to be released ah. in a date. It's not been released yet. And that's why I posted that and shared it because my thought on the whole thing after watching that announcement video was, is Marvel now writing comics and making these big events with movies and shows and other content, you know, in in mind for the future are they making these big events um and writing them in such a way that they could be you know movies later on or are they just going to keep doing you know comic book things um the way they always have been and then just see what happens later all right. Th- I, thank thank you for uh, steering the ship straight again, Nico. I, I'm with you. I mean, to me, it's like I think I, I feel like they've got to have the next seven to ten years planned out. Right? I mean, why these, wouldn't they? They have, yeah. seriously, 50 years worth of material. Yeah, and, 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 and the the whole idea of the massive – every all the characters in the universe cro- crossing over – that's been going on since the early 80s in the Secret Wars. Once they figured out they could tie in all these characters in these big multi-issue uh, miniseries and then have them cross over into the other books as well to generate sales and some of the flagging titles. You know, there was there's Se- Secret Wars and Secret Wars 2 and then Mutant Massacre and then Fall of the Mutants and then Age of Apocalypse and yada yada, yada yada, Avengers versus X-Men. Infinity uh, Gauntlet. Infinity I mean... Gauntlet. Yeah. Infinity Wars, okay. House of M. There's so, a lot of stuff that happened. So, yeah, I mean, War of the Realm. But, and I, I wish they would do this less, actually, because there's so many of them now, and they're always these. They're always supposed to be these. It's gonna be the event that changes the Marvel universe or the DC universe forever, and and they just do another one every year. So, they're kind yeah, of it, like soft it, reboots for stuff that's going on. They can kind of retcon a lot of stuff that's been going on with the different writers. Yeah, to to the point of, you know, are they writing for for the movies? I am sure they're keeping that stuff in mind. But to your point of they plan these things out a couple, you know, I don't think they do seven to ten years in advance. But from what I've heard them talk about, they have outlines of where they're going. And obviously the further out they get, the looser the outline gets. But uh, about ten years ago when they were doing a lot of Avengers reboot stuff to try to bring Avengers to the forefront as a publishing line for them. Because Avengers was always a midline title yeah and they were like we're trying to launch a movie Mm -hmm. studio and we don't want to do it with midline titles we need to up the profile of the avengers they did a series of every year crossovers and the most successful one out of them was the civil war crossover and that wasn't even on the board when they originally put it together it was supposed to go right to from house of m to secret invasion is the next one and they realized, like, wait, there's a there's a story opportunity here. And they rejuggled everything to throw Civil War in the mix. And I hope that Marvel will continue to first and foremost write and produce good comics because that's going to give you what the right source material is to become a movie. Don't write something that you want to become a movie. At the end of the day, that's going to be a shitty comic. We already went through that with the 90s mm. and the big speculator boom and people just – churning things out so they could get you know studio deals to option 
their brand new properties. And it was horrible. It was easily a glut of the worst product that I've ever seen in the medium. In the, it, you know, it almost 40, killed Marvel years. Comics. It almost killed the whole damn thing, not just yeah. Marvel. But hmm. I hope well, they continue to let it grow organically because that's where you get these great opportunities like a Civil War. You have it all planned out, and then you're like, wait a minute. There's one more thing we can do here, and that actually Civil War made Secret Invasion and everything that came after it so much stronger as a result. Yeah. And I, I agree with Dave. I absolutely agree. I hope they're writing the comics to write the comics. Let the comics feed the movie. Don't do it in the reverse factor. But let me just say this also. Think about this, Steve, for one second from a non-comic book aficionado, we'll call you. How about that? Iron Man was the one that kicked off this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And Iron Man was a second-tier character. in the. He was not – those a books lower, were not – A lower second-tier, I would even yes. argue. Yes, I mean, we're talking about let's set ourselves up to fail with a character that, you know, kids didn't want to buy. People didn't want to buy these comics. They wanted X-Men. They wanted Spider-Man. They, they wanted Superman and Batman before they wanted Iron Man. And Iron Man started off what you are now seeing as this mega multi-billion industry because of one guy who fit the character and made Iron Man so fucking cool, man. And then from there, we got one small tease at the end with Samuel L. Jackson playing not the original Nick Fury, but a different Nick Fury. And it's amazing what happened. And just giving you that little hint of this Avengers initiative, here's another second-tier title that, shoot, when I collected comics, Avengers was not even on my top five things to get that week list. It was so one of those, like, yeah. So that's really interesting. Really great point. So do you think, Scott, that is it – I mean, was it – is it just dumb luck that the movie hit so big? Or, I mean, how do you pick this lower second-tier character and have it just go gangbusters like that? I mean, it's it's really amazing. It was it was a perfect storm of, yes. of hitting it. Um, Robert Downey Jr. being inspired casting and him being yep. hungry as fuck to, to rehabilitate his name. Right. Um, That's right. A creator who cared in John Favreau. John Favreau was my second pick right there. Yep. And, and Kevin Feige reining him all in and, and steering the ship right. Yeah. I, I would say in general, an overarching theme to all those great points you just made, Greg, is that Iron Man came out at a time when the technology – to make a movie that truly captured what you would have in a comic book from the effects and everything, the yeah. technology really had finally caught up to it. If they had yeah. tried it, you know, three, four years earlier, I don't know that it would have worked, even yeah. if you had all those other three things going for you. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully he has stepped into that sort of situation with making The Mandalorian again because uh, Lucasfilm or Lucas always said, you know, we can't have a live action TV. It's too expensive to do live action Star Wars television week to week. Now, maybe they have the budget and the technology to be able to do it. And maybe um, Favreau has stepped oh. into uh, to the pot of gold again. Hopefully, you know, yeah. he he is consistently good i mean he has i can't i'm hard pressed to think of a project of his that's been horrible maybe not all of them are great i know that like his his sophomore effort after swingers a movie called made that he that he made sorry for with a, with vince vaughn again was not great but i mean but it's not bad 
Yeah, it wasn't I, a strikeout. You're right, Greg. He hasn't struck out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's got, you know, he's got. Uh, he's got swingers, and then he went into Elf, and then he went into um, uh, that Zathura movie, which is obscenely good and has no reason being as good as it actually is. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Iron Man, I mean, he's, you know, the dude is on fire. I mean, he's really creatively, he's got his shit yeah. together. He's I, mighty, Iron Man he... 2 might be the worst movie he's ever made, and it's yeah. not, and it's not a bad movie. Yeah. Right. No, you might be right. Yeah. He's money, and he doesn't even know it. It's money, I, he doesn't I even think... know it. I think he knows it. I Just think he knows it at this point. Like Scott, yeah. Vegas baby. <laughs> oh, and he also, you know, and like I said, I haven't seen it, but I've only heard good things about it. the Jungle Book remake that came uh, out a couple years ago. The live action it, Jungle Book. Didn't see it, but heard. And then he's doing he's doing Lion King now. Yeah. So to your point though of Lucasfilm saying Star Wars is too expensive to do, I I honestly think Game of Thrones has been a significant game changer for mm. how people are looking at this because again as the distribution model changes and all the studios are moving towards this direct to consumer distribution model through having their you know your own individual streaming channel game of thrones is pumping in you know multi-million dollars per episode for these limited runs and they're just cleaning up with it so i think that kind of made lucasfilm go wait a minute there is a model out here where we can do this. If we're if we're going to spend you know twenty thirty million bucks on doing twelve to thirteen episodes, it, it will look like bank gangbusters. And why wouldn't we do something in that environment? There you go. Got it. Got it. Game of Thrones coming out this year too. April, right? April or so. Game, I think it. I think it's coming out the same weekend as Avengers Endgame opens, which is really uh, that's that's going to be rough. I don't know if they're going to see me at work the following Monday. Oh my god, nerdgasms all over the place. There's there's big time nerdgasms. <laughs> All right, talking about nerdgasms. It's the Star Wars tweet of the week. Yeah, really curious because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses. Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> Greg, what do you got for us this week? Well, even though it feels like a year since our last Star Wars property has been out and there's another year to go, it's really only been six months. So we're in a dry spell for Star Wars content right now, guys. So I had to dig deep, and I found in the Twitterverse, I found Lou Skywalker, who must be an old, distant, distant relative of the Skywalker clan. And he's asking a question that I think we've all asked at one point or another. This is from January 1st of this year, guys. Question being, where is the Sarlacc Pit's butt? <laughs> See, that's, that's what people should get thrown into. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. But it's so, it is so funny. Oh, my God. Oh. I don't know why I think that's so funny, but it is. Lou Skywalker. There you go. I love it. At Lou Lou Skywalker. Guys, we've got to keep an eye on our celebrities this year. (laughs) What's going on with celebrities this year? It's been a rough year so far. It is only, as we record, January the 2nd, and we've already lost the captain from Captain and Neil. Oh, my God. Yeah. We lost Super Dave Osborne. Was that really a celebrity? We lost Super Dave Osborne, and we lost 
mean Gene Okerlund, guys. Say, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Super Dave Osborne? You're you're kidding. This yeah, I have, no. yeah, This no, is breaking news for me. Oh, Bob, my gosh. Bob Einstein died today, along with uh, mean Gene Okerlund, the voice of the WWF from the 80s. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. So, yeah. We're two days in, and, like, people are dropping like flies. Somebody keep your eye on Diane Cannon. <laughs> no predictions. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Oh, guys, well, if you've ever kept your eye on Diane Cannon, you can uh, leave us a voicemail and let us know how wow. she looked at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell HIVE. Goddamn, Goddamn right. right. Uh, you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook, although I don't recommend it, facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast. Zuckerberg! You can, you can uh, tw- <laughs> tweet us at... At Retchive Pod, uh, and you can find us on Stitcher, on Podbean, but most of all, find us for most of our listeners downloading the show through iTunes. Leave a review, five stars, one star, any stars. We don't care. Just leave a review and let us know what you think of our show. And uh, with that, episode seventy-eight is in the books. Final thoughts. For the week, guys. Go buy Knights of the Old Republic on your iPad. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. Three bucks? What is it? Three bucks? Four bucks? Mm-hmm. Or go buy War of Realms right now. Go to the <laughs> store and ask for it. Really quick. Next Sunday. This Sunday. Sorry. January 6th. January 6th. Timeless Pints. This coming Sunday. In a, two days from when this show releases on Friday the 4th. Come to Timeless Pints. 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Live with the Wretched High from 3 to 4. Then live music from the John McCloy Band, 4 to 6. Sushi Trucks, Chaos, Great Beer, it's going to be awesome. Until hey, then, boss. have a great week, everyone. May the Force be with us all. Vegas, baby. <laughs> Somebody buy me a pint. <laughs> you got it. You show up, I'm buying you one. I'll be there, baby. All I'll right. be there.